You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. It is New Year's Eve day, and I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. We have Pete Sampson from The Athletic. Pete and I are in, uh, well, you're in Dallas, right? I'm in Arlington. I'm in Dallas, yes. Yeah, I, the, the stadium is not very far from where I am. And Pete's in Winston-Salem or Charlotte, one of the two. You, <laughs> <laughs> you I flew to, to Houston. Charlotte. It's the same thing. <laughs> That's uh, Samson known for, uh, I, but that sounds so much like me. You know that booking a flight to Charlotte. Yes, yes. Charlotte is like how far away from where we were needed to be. <laughs> but anyway, we are we are actually here uh, in the shadow of AT and T Stadium, and we are prepared to talk about number four Notre Dame against number one Alabama. And this is going to be somewhat of an abbreviated uh, Irish Illustrated Insider, about a half hour. Segment one is just going to be. Uh, we have some questions in the second segment there, O'Malley. Don't worry. We have plenty to talk about. <laughs> but segment one, I want you guys, and I think each of us is going to do this. Describe what you think Notre Dame needs to do in order to defeat Alabama. This segment might be longer than the second segment <laughs> to touch upon all the things that might be necessary to beat really a great offensive Alabama team. But one, I think that we both agree that defensively is it a team that Notre Dame could make some inroads against. Yep. I mean, I, I would start with turnovers, which is kind of a boring place to start. But and, and I think the turnover margin has to be three. Like Notre Dame has to win turnovers by three to win the game. I think one of those turnovers either has to be a pick six or a fumble return touchdown or a kickoff return fumble immediately after Notre Dame scores a touchdown where you sort of you know do a two for one. That's, you know, that's sort of like the situational thing that needs to happen. That's pretty extreme, right? Like three turnovers is a huge margin. Um, and then beyond that, and this is like a, a, a big concern for me, is like Notre Dame has not been a great red zone offense all year, and they have to be perfect with touchdowns in the red zone. Really, they have to be perfect with touchdowns inside the 30. Like if we want to call that the magenta zone, or whatever Brian Kelly wants to call yeah, it. We like, need to figure out what that class yeah. with those. If you're, if you're, whatever the point of the field is where Brian Kelly says it's fourth and two, let's go for it. Or it's fourth and four, let's go for it. Wherever that is, if it's the 35 or the 30 or the 42 from that point, you got to score touchdowns. Um, and that's, that's difficult to do. And then you need to figure out a way I think for Alabama not to be able to match up Sean Crawford in one-on-one deep shot situation. So that these are all huge asks. Um, that's why the point spread's 20, but those would be the three things that come to my mind. It's like, if Notre Dame did all those three things, we might be talking about one of the great upsets in Notre Dame history. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to, I am going to step all over my preview. Sorry, Jack. Um, but that's pretty much what I did in my preview is try to outline how they win. Um, I, I think right, right on the field, when you look at a matchup, that Notre Dame fans believe all year they can win. And I don't know if they will or not. I'm not, I'm not saying they cannot, but I think Alabama's greatest strength is their offensive line, even more so than their three Heisman candidates. I think that's why they have three Heisman candidates and not one or two. I want to see Notre Dame's defensive line play like it did every other game besides when they're off balance versus Trevor Lawrence. The good news is as physical as they are and a lot of things they can do on that defensive line, they don't have to contend with a running quarterback. It's the one thing in the modern game that Alabama doesn't possess right now. And it helps Notre Dame a lot that they don't have, that he can't run at all. I think if he could, I mean, imagine if he could just run like Ian book, not Trevor Lawrence or not, you know, or, or not even Ian book. How about Malik Cunningham where he could just get away. 
Um, so the defensive line is number yeah. one in Notre Dame. You have to win the defensive line. Uh, number two, just situationally, well, Pete mentioned turnovers. We'll, uh, we'll get to that too. But on third down, Alabama's the best third down offense as far back as I can go in the NCAA um, study of it. Now there might be a, an Army or Navy offense that ran the triple option that was better on third down. But they're at 60%, and it's absolutely absurd when you think about that, considering they're playing power five football. Notre Dame is one of the better third down defenses. Can you get them off the field six out of 11 times, six out of 12 times, where you are at least forcing a few punts? And do you stop them on fourth down when they go for it too? Like you have to find a way to win on third down on both sides, and Notre Dame's going to have to convert on third down. Priester has pointed out, that might be their that might be their advantage. Can Notre Dame convert on third down versus Alabama's third down defense? That, that's the one where it's the greatest disparity. So you're not doing, you know, Alabama's not going two of thirteen like North Carolina did, but can Alabama go six for twelve? Like they're not used to that. As I said, right. they're twenty six of thirty nine against rate teams on third down. So third down defensive line by far, Pete. I agree. Three nothing. I think three one maybe pending if Notre Dame's is a throwaway turnover, you could get there. You know because. I don't believe it's a terrible thing if Ian Book throws a deep turnover today. I, I, I totally fine with that. No, you that's know. a punt. I mean, if you're talking yeah. about not on first down, no, no, no <laughs> not on first look, down, and no fine. interceptions Even if in the is, red zone he's on first down. Twenty-four of forty-one for three hundred and nine yards, four touchdowns, and two picks. That's better than twenty of twenty-six with a touchdown and no interceptions, because you know he's not going to. He yep. has to throw down the field. So uh, the turnovers are huge. The defensive line, um, and then trying to stay football related and not like go into fancy world of, you know, bringing back touchdowns and everything is the offensive line going to have its second good game ever against the top tier team. Clemson. The first time was the one time you can name it. Think about their offensive line, and all the accolades they get Georgia, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama way back then. I know it's a different time. Ohio state in the Fiesta bowl in 2015, even the McGlinchey lines. And I mean, and Quentin Nelson lines, they got overrun in these games. They have to yep. be pretty good, right? They have to be. They uh, I think you're, you're right. pretty good. I don't think cuts it. I think you got to be borderline great. Yeah. Yeah. I, you guys are, I mean, I'm in total agreement with everything you're saying. And, and I, maybe I'm dumb enough to think this, but I do think that Notre Dame's offensive line can have success against their defensive front. I hope you know, so. I don't think it's dumb enough. It's just, I'm I looking at this. Is, history has I, nothing to do with it. I'm just hoping history doesn't when the game's over. Does that make Alabama, sense? Alabama only has one real playmaker among their front three, and they go too deep. They play six six guys on the three-man front. It's Christian Barmore, so you need to kind of contain him. And then the guys off the edge, Christopher Allen and, and Will Anderson Jr. are very good. But, Tim, to get back to your point, I actually looked up the last time somebody had a better third-down percentage than what Alabama has this year, and it was – it was a uh, Miami, I want to say 2006, and it was like a, it was 64 percent. It was absurd. It might have been 2004, but I think it was 2006. Okay. Yeah, because I got back, I got back through the liner era, so I'm thinking it must have been 2004. Yeah. yeah. Now I had to, I had to start digging a little bit deeper to find it. Can you imagine 64 percent? But at Alabama, no, they didn't at, win the national title either. <laughs> right, and at <laughs> Alabama, 59.7 is still two percent better than anybody since. Yeah, uh, 2006 since Miami, so that's outrageous. But just to, I wrote down seven things <laughs> that, that Notre has to do, and I'll try to be brief with them. I mean, certainly run the football, and again, I don't want to put a number on it. They're not going to run for 200 yards, uh, but they have to situationally run the football well when they need to. Third and short, snap off a 17-yard run, 
Kyron Williams needs to have three or four, eight or nine yard runs, you know, things like that. Um, and book has to run. If book can't run, their offense won't succeed because when book doesn't run their wide receivers, don't get open. You can match it up statistically this year. It, it matches up. So that has to happen. Win third down. Um, of course on offense, you have to win third down because that's the one apparent weakness that Alabama has defensively. And it, it's totally tied in. I've said this, it's totally tied into the level of performance of their opponent. They stopped teams that were bad on third down throughout the year. And they didn't stop teams that were good on third down throughout the year. And Notre Dame is good on third down. Avoid the lulls. It doesn't necessarily have to be three and, you know, three and outs, but you can't, I mean, you can't string together four series where you don't do anything, where you don't at least flip the field with your punt. Right. And then time of possession, which is always an easy thing, but you've got, you've got to, it's got to be 34, 26, right? All things being equal, 34 minutes. Oh, well, yeah. When you say time of possession, it only matters if it's if it's gaping. It doesn't matter if they just win the time right. of possession because right. that's been pointed out and argued with me on the board a lot. And I, I, I get the point, the other point that, you know, Florida didn't care about time of possession and all that. I will point out Florida had a better time of possession than Alabama. But I, Notre Dame can't play Florida's game. But if you know, time of possession only matters if you own time of possession. It doesn't right. matter at all if it's four right. minutes. I mean, they'll right. it would be – it would, it would, a time of possession win would likely be indicative of a heavy turnover margin too, right? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Unless they're sort of in those pick sure. six fumble return kind of worlds. And, you know, and then on the defensive side, to get to your point, Pete, about uh, plus three turnovers, um, I'm not sure that's realistic, is it? I mean, Alabama's a plus 10 for the year, Nordheim's plus seven. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that that's realistic. But when you do get your turnovers, you need to score. I mean, you've got you've got to score. I, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking in terms of pick six or yeah. scoop and score. I was thinking offense has to capitalize. But yeah, that would be nice. Well, think about the Cotton Bowl two years ago when Nordane well, almost recovered that fumbled. Was it a punt or a kickoff? I was. A, I think it was a kickoff two yeah. years ago and a and a punt. Eight years ago, when, yeah, Clemson, when Claypool on a field goal kickoff right. against Clemson, when Claypool almost saved it from going out of bounds, I think and I really he actually thought did. I think, yeah, yeah I thought it was, I yeah. thought it was a bad overturn by the officials. Well, right, because I didn't think it was call. overturned. You could do, yeah. Yeah, yeah but well, – I mean, think back to Clemson part one. Like, we probably don't – you know, why was Notre Dame able to sort of stem the tide a little bit? Because Jeremiah Usukoromoa, like, took the ball away from Travis right. Etienne and ran it straight into right. the end zone. Think um, back to Clemson, Clemson you're going to need one of the – you need a non-offensive touchdown in this I, game. I agree. I agree. Think and then I think – Clemson picked off Alabama with a pick six and Tua to start the game, but they beat them. Now, Notre Dame's not going to win 44-16 if they do that, but they still, they did do that. I mean, it does put you on your heels, yeah. you know, when those things happen in a game. And I don't know if you need to win red zone, but you need to tie on both sides, you know, because Alabama's great. <laughs> when they get, when they get down there, they're scoring and, and they're stopping you too. So at least, at least tie that. If you don't, you know, if you have to kick a field goal, then they have to kick. You have to force them to kick a field goal, and their kicker will make it because he's twelve for twelve. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the issue is a lot of character stuff. Like they don't have Mac Jones doesn't have a red zone interception. So if Mac Jones has a red zone interception and you they took there you three, go. get down there, that's a good thing too. It's there you go. So and your Tim, your point about defensive line. I mean, Notre Dame's defensive line has to. You have to find a way to yeah. to somewhat stem the tide with that offense. Somebody on our message board said. Uh, Alabama's offensive line so big they don't move well. Really? Well, then why do they pull the guards all the time? 
I mean, those, they move well. Are they, you know, nimble a foot? Are they as nimble as guys that are 30 or 40 pounds less than them? Well, you know, generally speaking, no, but it, you watch their offensive line play throughout the year. They have them on the move all the time. It's not just because they're big. It's because they, they, they're big, but they can also move and get to the point of attack where they need to get. They'll pull their guards to set the, the pass protection edge on the other side of the line. So they, they move, but so there's a lot, there's a lot of things, man. There's a lot My of things. Is, yeah. That's, that's kind of why I want to make one simple point with the defensive line. There's a lot of things. And it's not just the defensive line, but you don't get killed if your defensive line plays well. So then if everything else happens, you can win, right? Like the defensive line playing well, doesn't mean Notre Dame's going to beat Alabama. No, that's but like what, that's what Priester said. It's like one of seven things that, right. that and right. it's like, how do you beat Alabama? You hit a seven way parlay. Like, and how often do we hit seven eight parlays, O'Malley? Very rarely. <laughs> and I think you have to – I mean, if Alabama goes 12 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown, that's way better than a quick strike because it gets back to your point the other day, Tim. Would you rather have Alabama have nine possessions or 14? I know. I just I – <laughs> I understand that you got to keep pace, but if they have 14 possessions, you're not going to keep pace. If they have right. nine, you might. But, yeah. Right. Okay, so do all those things, and things will be looking up for the Fighting Irish. Segment two coming up, burning up the boards. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics. This is segment two. We call it burning up the boards, and we have six or seven questions here. We're going to start with Terry Benedict. Not speaking of the opponent or to the opponent, are you concerned about this stage being too big for Notre Dame? I'm not. I'm not uh, not in a atmosphere, you know, moment kind of way. Like one, there's only sixteen thousand people in there, so it's not it's not going to be crazy. What I'm too concerned about, or what I'm concerned about for Notre Dame being too big, is like Alabama's offensive line and <laughs> how talented they are at the receiver position. Like. That's that's the thing that I'm concerned about with Notre Dame, not not kind of some funky intangibles. I think they've been through it enough this year with the two Clemsons. And, and Pete, you mentioned it's the stage is just not the same stage. Literally, the stage is different. The, the people around you are not are not as a uh, it's not wild of a situation. I don't I don't think so. I think uh, if in any way the Clemson loss helped, it's probably this one. It probably helped the as opposed to not playing that game the, the second time. Um, hmm. Probably help the refocus that Brian Kelly talked about. I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of if you're not focused on beating Clemson in the ACC championship game enough, why that would be. But uh, I, I don't think Notre Dame goes out here and chokes, which is what the question is, right? If the stage is too big. Yeah, basically. Choke. Yeah. I get uh, the question, though, because it has been in the past, I think, and I don't, I don't think it is now. Yeah. I get the question, but I also think that maybe Terry Bennett is thinking that this time it's not. And, and I agree with you guys. I, I don't. I don't think that's the issue. And, and I agree with you, Tim. I mean, why Notre Dame couldn't be emotionally prepared to play Clemson in the ACC championship. We mentioned it. I mean, human nature, knowing, you know, Clemson's situation, they know, they know they have to win to make the playoffs. And Notre Dame certainly suspects that they don't have to win and they'll still make the playoffs, but it's the magnitude of, uh, what is uh, Wusu Koromoa said, you, you're not just playing Alabama and their players, you're playing a franchise. Yeah. 
and that and that's real. I mean that 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 is real. So the stage isn't too big. The opponent itself and everything that comes with it. Nick Saban and shooting for their sixth national title in twelve years. I mean that's that that's what that's what might be too big. So the answer is yes. That's, that's unfortunate. Okay. There's <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think the players will have that feeling. Though. CMU Penns fan who has to be the MVP of the defensive line for Notre Dame uh, for the Irish to stay as competitive in this game. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go Myron Tagovailoa Mosa. Maybe like a weird answer, but like if he was the defensive line MVP, I think that is a pretty strong ind- indication your run defense was great. And you were able to get pressure up the middle with Alabama being without Landon Dickerson, their all-American type center. Um, so if like if you have a defensive tackle dominating the game, like I would I would take that over Ogundeje, Hayes, Foskey, all that because that like that gives you a toehold to to do something from if you're Notre Dame's defense. I had the same answer um, for the same reasons, and I also think the position. Where if you have, if you're given Tugavailoa Mosa 35 snaps and now healthy and he looked very healthy he he played well in the Clemson loss Jason Adamiola 20 snaps and he's also having success against a backup safety and also making the occasional play that actually makes people better around him as Clark Lee said their job is to make the all all 11 guys better around them each player I think the defensive interiors could do that for the defensive ends it's a good call and there's also that one possible weakness in Alabama right the number one center in the country is better than Chris Owens. Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I just don't think it's very realistic, even though it's a new center, because I, I having watched Brown and Eki or their two guards, I mean, they're going to help him out, right? They're, they're, they're going to be, that's going to be a philosophy him. that if you, you know, if he needs help, this 350 pounder and this 335 pounder are, are there to help out Brown and, and Eki or so. I'm not sure that that's realistic. So I choose the defensive ends. You know, I, I don't, I've never thought that Dalen Hayes is a quality pass rusher. He's flashed at times. He flashed against Georgia tech, but this has got to be Ogan Deji and, uh, and, and um, Foskey. Um, and, th- and that's hard to do too, because they're, they're not only are there, not only are their tackles long, but they're, they're just absolutely huge and, and they really form a, a, that entire offensive line forms a cup that makes it really, really difficult to get through. So does Clemson, but they don't do it with the size that Alabama does. So I, you know, I, I think the more realistic, I, I would agree that if, if Tagovailoa mostly has success inside, that's a huge, huge benefit for Notre Dame, but uh, I think it has to be the defensive ends. And I, and I'm not, I'm not so sure that they're capable of, of penetrating that front with a, with a four man rush. Dip 98 seems like the one thing that could turn this game in Indy's favor, or at least keep us in it is turnover margin. I feel like ND needs plus two to keep in the game plus three to fully even out the talent discrepancy, agree or disagree. Yeah. We kind of, obviously we kind of hit this guy's hit a on genius. That, it's yeah. Worth this guy. talking about though. It is yeah. No, I, I mean, we talked about in segment one, but I mean, it, it, I, I think that to me, it's, Man, I, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't even see how plus three is realistic when you just look at the entire body of work during the season. Notre Dame's not a big takeaway team. Mac Jones has only thrown four interceptions, uh, but but when you do get them, you have to score off of it. And that, you know, Pete, you made the point. In segment one, I, I wasn't even thinking in terms of 
of pick six or, or scoop and score, but boy, that sure would be nice. And, and it, it does, it coincides with what you said about, um, you know, Ousu Koromoa making a play like he did against Clemson. I mean, it might not be realistic, Tim, but a 20 point spread, there's probably how many 20 point spreads have not included a plus two turnover ratio and the other team wins, right? True. It's True. not usually I mean, like this because they go out there and say, Oh man, I just, I guess turns out Notre Dame was, 30 points better than yeah. we thought they were going to be. Well, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't think that Notre Dame would have a three to one edge against Clemson. Now, right. you know, right. Trevor Lawrence didn't play. I mean, and, they wouldn't yeah. have a seven to four edge against Miami. And like, for, for that, for that one, like the Clemson first time around, like I know Dabo keeps saying, we turned the ball over three times. Like, really, it was two times. Like, the third one doesn't count. Like, oh, that's right. not the kind of turnover margin we're talking about. I'm talking oh. about like three legit turnovers that Notre Dame could do something with, not a lateral ridiculousness at the end. Unless it's at the end. If, if Alabama's doing a lateral ridiculousness at the end, that Notre Dame might be onto something, Pete. <laughs> because that's... Yeah, it. you make a good point. <laughs> unless, unless it's back... I want to back, backtrack from what I just said. <laughs> that turnover would though. be significant at that point. That would be a huge turnover this time. If Nick McLeod makes Devontae <laughs> Smith fumble in double overtime, I'll take my chances on the rest of the game right there. That's pretty yep. good. Good call. This one from uh, Meadowland Man. Meadowland? No, no, S. Meadowland Man. If Notre Dame were to win Friday, where would this rank in all time upsets? And he provides some context. The Oklahoma 57 game is considered to be the upset gold standard, but a case can be made that this upset would be bigger given the circumstances playoff game, the drought, and perception, and everything else. Well, believe it or not, I was not around for the 1957 upset of, of Oklahoma. I'm aware of it, I've studied it, I've read about it. But are you this 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 would be? I mean, I can't even imagine. It, it, like we're talking about twenty twenty Alabama going for its sixth national title in the last twelve years. I mean, I don't even know. I can't even. What's more? What's comparable? When when was Notre Dame a twenty twenty? I don't even know what would be close. Yeah. No, because twenty point underdog I mean, Notre Dame is only bad Notre Dame, like 07, when they beat Pete's favorite quarterback. Yeah. The Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. There's your connection. But um, yeah, it's I. This is the only. I think we talked about this. I talked about the basketball game with the one other person there yesterday. I don't remember a a really good Notre Dame team that you thought, man, yeah, twenty point spread. I'm not jumping all over that. I mean, you might. You know, you could. You what could was the spread at Oklahoma? Do you remember? Yeah, it was ten, ten and a half. It was not even a. Yeah, it's not a thing. You know, I mean, it was significant, but not yeah. remotely close to this. No, um, I think it would be the biggest upset in Notre Dame football history. And I think, I, I know that that doesn't give you a championship, so you can't call it the greatest win in Notre Dame football history, but it's the greatest win for 10 days in Notre Dame football history. Right? Like the Florida yeah, State is one of the biggest wins. Isn't this a bigger win than Florida State? Because nobody nobody's talking yes. about I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, mean I, I know fans are, you know, I think Notre Dame's going to win this game, et cetera, and that's that's their job to, to, to yeah. think that way. But – I mean, we're not talking about nobody in the nobody in the media is talking about Nordin win. We're talking about whether Nordin can cover. Yeah, and how well Nordin can also yeah close yeah yeah, which is a cover. yeah. And if if Nordin wins and Brian Kelly says after the game, it doesn't mean anything if we don't beat Clemson next week. I will reach <laughs> through the Zoom camera on my computer and strangle him. I I was told that I was blowing that out of proportion when he did that. So it's good to, it's good to know that. Somebody else reacted the same way to a Denver Maxi at Maximus. 
much has been made, it's a long one, much has been made of the big change BK made after the four and eight season to where Notre Dame is today. And rightfully so, four straight, actually Denver Maximus wrote three straight 10 win seasons, now four, is no easy feat. But the big win still eludes him in the playoffs or a New Year's Day win. If Bama covers the spread and Indy gets blown out in Jerry World, what is next? What will have changed other than the journey that Priester mentioned? Don't we play this game to win national titles? They're in the playoff, which you have to be in to win a national championship, if I'm correct. So start with that. You know, you're you're one of five teams that's made the playoff twice. The other ones are Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Um, it's a good starting point. But I would I would like whether look whether Notre Dame win whether Notre Dame loses by ten or twenty or by or thirty. I would like to. To sort of get a sense from Brian Kelly, probably not after the game, but like eventually, like what was the self-reflection that you took away from this? Is it nutrition? Is it okay? Recruiting is not where I need it to be. Like we have to come up with a new plan other than just like saying we we don't have a an artificial ceiling anymore. Like what needs to happen? What investments from Notre Dame need to happen for Notre Dame to to close the gap? I I also think that. I would hope that the fan base would come around to the fact that like they are never going to close the gap entirely with Alabama as it's currently constructed. It is impossible. Notre Dame is not built to do that. Um, so it's going to, then it's a question of can you get closer? Cause I think like if Notre Dame was a five point underdog on Friday and then they lost by seven, I think it would just be a completely different world that we're living in with Notre Dame football than 20-point underdog, and who knows what happens. Well, I mean, the last point is is the, the, the most important point. It, it's that's the, it's the strange world of Notre Dame football. It's what I was getting at. Why are you – this is one of Brian Kelly's best teams. It's one of the best teams Notre Dame has had in the last 30 years, and you're a 20-point underdog. So it is the world you live in with Nick Saban in Alabama. I, I want to – nobody wants to hear this. I was just on a radio show in the South, a national show, the Chuck Oliver Show, and he is – he has been a voice of Southern football for 25 years. He's an Auburn grad. He said this is the best Alabama team he's ever seen in his life. Oh, what? He's a completely impartial observer that has covered the Southern football landscape for decades. That's a big statement. Is anyone here saying this is the best Notre Dame team they've ever seen in their lives? Well, I, 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 you know, I've got, he would know better than I, but I mean, I, I, it's gotta be, I, I get the whole point about being the best Alabama offense you've ever seen. But if you score 52, it doesn't really matter if your defense gives up well, 20. I, but if he said the best team he's ever seen, this is not the best Alabama defense that Nick Saban's had. Nobody says the best Alabama football team he's ever seen. That the offense is that good. The offense is that good. Yeah. The, I mean, you don't have to have a defense. The net the defense at the end is the best. Well, I guess yeah. so. I guess so. Uh, look, of course, you play this game to win national titles. But my, the point I was trying to make the other day was that, you know, it's 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 the players that determine the the course of the journey. It's the players who determine whether a season is invalidated. It, it doesn't matter what we think on the outside. They're the ones playing the game. Of course, you play for national titles, but what do you do when you what do you do when to make you, know, you make the playoffs two out of three years and don't get past the first game? You throw your hands up in the air and say 
we're that's not my, going to do this. That's my go point. Back at, the national title. You're, are you taking Saban from Alabama to go win a national title? What I don't understand. What do you do if you lose? You lose, you get killed. You get killed. It's the spot you live in right now. Alabama's right. way better. And so you 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 fight to uh, to live right, another you day. You go back and you pound the rock again. You try to knock the door down. What what do you do? You just keep you keep doing what you're doing. Only try to do it a little bit better. And if it comes down to recording, yeah, well, see this that's is what where, I want to know. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Like I want to know what's the better. Like what if you're if you're for Brian Kelly and Friday goes poorly. What's the better? Because like eight years ago, it was our lines aren't big enough. We don't have enough depth. Okay. I feel like you've probably addressed that. So what's, what's the next better? Cause I think, you know, we're all around Notre Dame football. We know some things that they could do with that, that I think would not make Notre Dame less Notre Dame. Like if they had a full training table, if they had better recovery space, if um, you know, they had more infrastructure for recruiting, I think all those things, Notre Dame would still be Notre Dame. So like, that's what I, I would love Brian Kelly to talk about that. And it's a, a June conversation, not a January one conversation, but like, what's that stuff? Well, better is also players though, Pete, right? I mean, I don't, this is, this is so yeah. unfair to Ian book, but if you, I, Tim and I argued about this in the summer, I know they, I know they weren't in on Trevor Lawrence, but get in on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence beats these teams. You have Trevor Lawrence. We're not worried. How in the world are they going to score 20 points against Alabama? You have Trevor Lawrence. He scored 20 points. Like, wow. Trevor Lawrence makes a difference. you got to get the next guy like Trevor Lawrence. You want to know what Notre Dame's touchdowns totals are scored and their seven losses here under Brian Kelly in the last four years? one one two zero two two one. Is that because they have the best quarterback in the country? Yeah, I hear one, what you're one, I, I think it comes down to, and we've already, Pete, you and I have disagreed about this in the future about, you know, recruiting. And I think at Notre Dame, it comes down, there's recruiting and can you improve it? Obviously you can, but on the other side of it is culture. And I, and I, I firmly believe that that is a significant part of the success that they've had the last four years. I said this before in my interview in November with, with Jack Swarbrick. I asked, why are you in this position? He said, culture, culture, culture. Unless you've been in a Notre Dame classroom. No, no, I, I get that. No, I, I get that. Okay. So now you're, de- now you're dealing with Clemson's success and then, and my frequently used term path of least resist resistance, the path of least resistance to the NFL does not go through Notre Dame. It just doesn't. And now, can you land a a Trevor Lawrence type quarterback? Yeah, you got to find you got to find a way to do it. I, I mean, I know where you're coming from there, and you have to find a way to do it. But when Trevor Lawrence evaluated Clemson and Notre Dame, no, I know. But the bet the next Trevor Lawrence to break through probably has to go to Notre Dame. Well, wasn't Phil Jerkovic kind of in that category or, or close to that category? He's supposed to be in that category, yes. What, but explain, explain, like, this is way off the tracks here, but, like, Andrew Luck, I think he would have fit in Notre Dame just fine. I agree. I agree. That yeah. was a bad eval. Yeah. Really, that was a, so, like, you got to get some of those evals better than they've been. Um, I think, I mean, we were talking about before we hit record, look at Notre Dame's junior class. Highly rated when it's signed. I think you would have to say the evaluation was something was maybe a little bit amiss there. So it's, I don't, I don't know what the, the Notre Dame can be a better version of itself and not have that 
be conflated with like you're trying to be Clemson or you're trying to be right. But Alabama. there, there are three standout programs in the country, and everybody is saying, "Well, we want to be the fourth. Okay. Well, why yeah. hasn't that? Why hasn't a fourth emerged? I mean, Oklahoma's trying. Georgia's trying. Georgia recruits like crazy. Notre Dame's trying. Why? Why isn't there a fourth? Well, then when when a fourth emerges, then the fans of the number five team are going to say, well, why can't we be the fifth team? You know, I, I, I don't, I, there are only so many world-class teams, I guess. I, I don't know. I, can Notre Dame do more? Absolutely. They can, they can do more, but it's not as easy as everybody wants to make it out to be and get all pissed off every time that they don't, they don't become that number four team. Well, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's easy at all. Like I think my perspective of like, what's, I'm not what's, saying you're saying that. Yeah. It was like, to me, when I when I look at Notre Dame, I'm like, what's realistic? And this is this is really a bizarre example, but an LSU type season that they had last year, once every ten years, like where everything aligns and like you have it and like you like everything comes together. That's a that to me is realistic for Notre Dame to recreate what Alabama and Clemson are doing every damn year. No, like that. To me, if that's what you're holding out hope for, for as a Notre Dame fan, I think you're you're crazy. But I do think you are right to think that Notre Dame could get like a Joe Burrow lightning in a bottle, like where it all just clicks and you have a great coaching staff. They maximize everything you got, and man, you set the world on fire. And then it's then you're rebuilding after but that. Then which you is better what happened recruit, to LSU. But the, but then you better recruit the receivers that that you need to you know to yeah, match with tricky. them. And, I mean, and Notre Dame, we're talking right about now, a program that had Floyd and Tate. Stovall, McKnight, Samarja, right. like no, I'm saying right now they don't happened. have the receivers. Yeah, they don't. I, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, so it's 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 hard in our name. Can it be done? Yes. Is it is it? I don't want to say easy. I'm not saying that you're saying it's easy. I'm just saying, man, it's difficult. It's really really difficult. If there could be four super teams, there would be. If there could be five, there would be. If there could be six, there would be. It's just very very difficult to do. This is now. Officially, the longest answer to a question. Congratulations, Denver Madison. <laughs> Blue chip man. If the, <laughs> I mean, we could go. Uh, we could go on, and I, you know, I understand everybody's frustration with it. But they're forty-three and seven. They are knocking on the door. They're trying to take the next step. They haven't been able to get get there. We'll see if they can in the future. Blue chip man. If the twenty twenty Nordame team played the twenty twelve Nordame team tomorrow, who would win and why? I don't think the 2012. I go Nordic back and forth on this one. I, I do too, but Pete, I, w- I was considering the other way actually, but I don't think the 2012 Notre Dame offense would do very well against this form of Notre Dame defense. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give Notre Dame this one the edge to find a way to score more points than 14, which I think Clark Lee's defense could hold that offense too. Um, but I, I, it's unfortunate. This is not the same question. If you if you took, hey, let's make a 24 man team. I don't want to break anybody's hearts, but I think you might pull more from the 2012 team. That's not how football's played, though. Tim has pointed out, like, the depth of the defensive line, the depth of the guys, it's a better team. Um, but go ahead, Pete. I don't mean to monopolize it. I just think the, the 2012 no, I, wouldn't score well against this team. I, I think that, like, as I sort of talk myself in circles with this question, I, I end up where you are, that I think this team would beat the 2012 team. But I think there are days where I just – I. I've thought about it in a different way. And I think, oh, you know, I think 2012 would, would maybe handle them. Cause yeah. like this team doesn't have the playmakers all the way on the outside, but I just, 
you know, it, it may just be like a style of football question. Like nobody plays football like Notre <laughs> Dame in 2012 anymore. And there's yeah. a reason for that. Like you can't, nobody, you can't win that way. So nod to 2020. Yeah, yeah, I have to go that way because I just don't think the 2012 offense could make any get any traction against this this uh, a Clark Lee coach defense would yeah flummox the the quarterback play. Let's put it that way. I'd like to steal some defensive players from 2012 and give them a second shot at Alabama in their prime right now on this team, though. Maybe a corner. Yeah. Maybe a middle uh, linebacker. Maybe a middle. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe if you said the defensive line MVP of the game on Friday was actually Stefan Tuit, I'd be like, hey, now yeah, we're talking. Stefan yeah. would be a bad idea to have out yeah. there either. Yeah. But that's not how it's played. Mac 341. A lot of people don't care to admit it, but the program has grown over the past few years. If Andy loses to Alabama, what would a win look like for Notre Dame, in your opinion? So I assume he means how the game is played. Is this like a what's a moral victory for Notre Dame? Is that the question? Yeah, where you come away and say, man, they really they really brought it today. Florida State 14, Georgia 17, Georgia 19. Something like that. Yeah, Florida State 14 is a great one because the point totals can – I mean, that would be kind of low still. But I thought Notre Dame yeah, I mean, Florida State that day was great. God, uh, God, the Florida State 14, if it ended that way, like <laughs> you thought you didn't hear the end of that one. Forget about it. I mean, this would be a generational – Bob Meeker hold at USC in what, like 64 or whatever. <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah, that's a good call though. Florida, I mean, I want it to look like that. And then, you know, for the people that say, I agree with the people that say you shouldn't get blown out by Alabama. I do think the dam is going to break to when we get to our predictions and they will eventually, it'll look like it at the end. I just think Norton's going to play well, but I'd love to see, I'd love to see. And the point is if they lose, that was the question. That's the type of loss that makes you think, that is what Brian Kelly was talking about, that they keep pushing and they are right there. That would make me think that. Yeah, you got you to look like you belong on the field with them. And you, you did eight years ago. Wasn't even, it wasn't even close. And, no, that and was, now they, no, that they belong they belonged on the field against Clemson two years ago. They just let opportunity slip away. Yeah, you can't lose 30 to three again, though. That's no, the you can't. No, you, you can't. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what the numbers is. I think it starts with look like you belong. Uh, and what I've been saying all week, when you go into halftime, the team isn't demoralized as you try to make adjustments going into the third quarter. I mean, you think a couple of weeks ago, they knew they they knew they couldn't win the game when they went into the locker room at halftime. And then going into the fourth quarter for Notre Dame fans to feel like, hey, we got a shot here. If you do that, then you're then you're going toe to toe with with the, the greatest Alabama team of all time, apparently. Uh, I, yeah, I would take if you said Ian Book had the ball at midfield <clears throat> down 10 with five minutes to go, like, like, all right, that was good. And they like, get down Notre Dame could lose by se- yeah, Notre Dame could lose by 17 in that scenario. And I still think you, they would have acquitted themselves nicely. Yeah, I would. That's that's a good point, as opposed to the incredible effort of Florida State. And this team's a lot better than that Florida State team. Too. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I expect Norton to play hard and well. I just, I don't want it to, uh, I don't want the dam to break at the end like my prediction is going to show. Uh, predictions, guys. And Jack, is my preview, normally my preview doesn't get posted until the next day. Is it up now? I think you can give your prediction. Oh, okay. Well, then I won't, then I'll wait. Go ahead. You guys, go ahead. Tim? I, um, Pete? I feel like the, 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 yeah, no, I, I think the second quarter issues are unfortunately going to hit Notre Dame again tomorrow. And I'm sort of stuck on 42-21 because 
three turnovers is really unrealistic. A defensive special team score is really unrealistic. Ian Book throwing for 350 yards. I mean, there's just – it's like we were talking about in segment one or early in this segment. It's to, for Notre Dame to win, it's kind of like a seven-way parlay. Um, it's not like you can't get there, but the, Notre Dame needs so many things to go right to win. Like, they need an incredible amount of things to go right to win, and they need a lot of things to go right just to, like, get into that 10-point game in the fourth quarter and – Unfortunately, I think we've seen too many second quarters that have slipped away from Notre Dame in these spots against superior teams. And I think Friday might be another one of those. I think they can be close enough going to halftime where when you go to the halftime show and you're sitting at home and we're, we're talking to everybody, you think, wow, they really need this. This is really, they can really get back in that if they can score the first touchdown in the second half, like a 28-17 halftime score even a 30 to 17 halftime score, but I just feel like the dam breaks on the back end of Notre Dame's defense. And I have 44, 24 range. And I go back to those touchdown totals scored by Notre Dame in the last four years and losses. There's not a three in there. There's not even a three in there. You need five to take this game to the fourth quarter. I'd love to see Notre Dame find a way to get five touchdowns in this game. It's incredible to say it. They need five touchdowns to be in this game. And I, I think that that's somewhat realistic, but it's the other, yeah, it's the other part of it. And that's why I say in my preview, it's like, okay, if you looked at this paper, if this was generic team A and team B, you'd say, okay, team A has this spectacular offense, but team B had the best part of their team has been their defense all year. And, you know, you look, you look at um, team A, you look at Alabama and they've shown some, some give on defense and you have a, and team B has an offense that's pretty diversified that can run when they run, they can throw it. You know, if you, if you looked at it that way, this might be a single digit 10 point game, but they're playing the franchise, man. They're playing, they're playing the franchise and you're playing, you're playing more than the 2020 Alabama team. You are playing the franchise. To give Notre Dame fans some hope. I will tell you this. There wasn't anybody in the world other than some Clemson, aficionados and though Clemson was a much better team in 2018 than Notre Dame is right now. They're probably the best team in the last few years. No, that was supposed to be the best Alabama offense of all time against Clemson. Right. 16 points. Yeah. I'm not saying Notre Dame yep. scored 44, but they held them to 16 points. That was an awfully good offense. <laughs> Pretty good defense too. Can, 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 yeah, Notre, yeah. yeah. I think Notre Dame can cover that 16 if, uh, if you can hold them to that, but I, look, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think the stage is too big. I think Notre Dame's going to play well. My concern is, and we said this, Tim, is that a lot of times Alabama ends up dictating just how well you play. And they dictate everything, just about every football game. So looking forward to it. Can't wait to uh, get in the stadium tomorrow. Pete, I'll see you there. And Irish Illustrated subscribers, we will, uh, Tim and I will be back uh, pregame with an instant analysis. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>